Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lakers Detailed. I am your host, Vinay, with my co-host, Raj. Raj, we finally got a couple of days in between the win against the Warriors, the series clincher against the Warriors. We had Mother's Day weekend, and the last time we talked, you said you wanted to have a stress-free weekend if the Lakers took mm-hmm. care of business in Game 6, and, that, and that's what they did. Um, how was your weekend after after that win? Oh man, it was great. Got to uh, enjoy Mother's Day, take my mom out um, to dinner, and yeah, a relaxing day. Other than the Celtics beating the doors off of the Sixers, yeah. uh, it was a it was a pretty enjoyable weekend. Got a few days, you know, to relax and decompress. Took the weekend to kind of enjoy that and just bask in the glow of being in the conference finals. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I'm excited. It's grateful to be in this position where we still have basketball that matters to us personally um i think you know it's a it's a beautiful thing and a blessing to be a part of this but uh how'd your weekend go man yeah man my, my weekend was good we got the win on friday uh and then saturday it took the kids to the beach um and that was nice because the weather finally was nice enough to take them there uh and mm. then i was exhausted after that so i really needed the time off just to <laughs> decompress my brain so um that w- that was nice and and now we're back at it here again on on monday night um but as always we want to thank the folks that are jumping into the space or joining us on the live stream if you'd like to share a comment um you can always do that by messaging um in the youtube chat or you can just message to the space directly and we'll definitely read questions and comments and stuff that come through um related to our topic of today which is going to be uh the the series preview um but as always you know we we appreciate the folks that support so whether it's a like or a retweet or a share or whatever mm-hmm. it is you guys end up doing uh, to support um, Lakers Detailed or, or me and Raj just individually uh, or as a collective, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's we, we always appreciate it. So we hope everybody had a wonderful weekend too as well. Um, but before we get into the series preview, we should pay our respects to the team that we beat. And by pay our respects, I don't actually mean pay our respects, just actually gloat <laughs> a little bit uh, about our win because, um, you know, I, I thought – you know, a lot of people pick, didn't pick the Lakers to win this series at all um, against the Warriors. And a lot of people, you know, said it was either, you know, the Warriors experience or the Lakers not having enough outside of LeBron and AD um, or just, you know, the spectacularness of Steph Curry. Like a lot of people didn't pick the Lakers to do it. And, you know, you and I both picked naturally both picked the Lakers to win. Um, we both expected it to be a long series uh, and, and the Lakers took care of it in six. And they did it in pretty fantastic fashion. That game six was not close, like, at all. Like, even, you know, granted with the Warriors, you know, a 15-point lead can be erased in, like, two minutes. But, you know, that it felt like the Lakers were locked in defensively because, you know, they were forcing tons of bad misses uh, for them. What, what, what was your feeling as you were watching that game? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I was nervous, as I think most people were. You know, I was a little bit uh, – it was, it was pretty tense. Uh, you going through a game six – could be kind of you know up in the air the Warriors blowing us out in game five but uh you know I love the energy to start I thought we came out great went up like 27 to 10 and then Vinay they you know we haven't talked since then but like they came back right they I think they cut it to like five or six and then that whole kind of second quarter was back and forth before Austin Reeves man just hits a half court heave to like put us back up 11 and it really calmed me down and I thought like, we're not losing this game. There's too much momentum going to the half. You could tell, look at the body language of the Warriors um, after that possession. 
you could tell they were like, oh, crap, like we fought back so hard and like just to, you know, go right back down double digits. So um, it was exciting to kind of uh, put it away. And, you know, I see in the chat here done with the curry business. That's the way I like to frame it. I'm over the curry business. I'm familiar with it. Going to war with Steph Curry, like I was a tense, you know, series. And it's been just swept under the rug as like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to. It's like Golden State Warriors defending champs. Like that's that's a that's a big deal to me i know they have things they have their own tension in their locker room and you know stuff that's going on with them but i thought that was just i thought it was impressive and i think it was important to kind of mention that like that's it's a real team that you know steph curry just put a 50 bomb in game seven the previous series um it's a talented team man and steve kurt pulled out all the tricks it's not like he's just like oh this doesn't work oh well like they had like three different starting lineups they changed their game plan a ton of times they changed their offensive scheme um and for us to come out on top in game six i thought it was super impressive how we you know put them away yeah it was um the game i think it was super impressive uh austin showed a lot of poise in that game again he had probably a slightly shaky start i would say he kind of looked like he was over dribbling a little bit but he kind of settled down um again uh Delo up and down game you know you could tell gary payton was very like in his in his jersey uh we should give ourselves a pat on the back because you and i both had a discussion after game five and we talked about what's the final thing that we may see from this team um, when it comes to adjustments. Uh, and you and I both sort of debated, and you posed the question, I think, you know, would you play Lonnie? Would you bench Vando? If you bench Vando, who do you go with? And we both had discussion and, and you know, we said, look, he's either going to stick with Vando um, mm -hmm. and, or he's going to end up playing Dennis because Dennis has been the guy that Ham trusts. And you also mentioned that the numbers look really good with Dennis, um, yeah. part of that lineup. And, and I think you were the one that mentioned that Dennis is like the one, Dennis D'Lo Austin is like the the trio that Ham very clearly seems comfortable. With. So while the timeline was guessing, you know, it would be like Lonnie or Rui or suggesting that would be too. Uh, it ended up being Dennis, and they start Dennis. Dennis does a wonderful job defensively, gets a couple buckets, fouls, kind of does what he does. Hilariously gets himself ejected for taunting of all people, taunting Draymond Green, collects two technicals um and gets himself removed from the game uh, but it ends up being not consequential because the, the lakers ended up still winning uh, significantly but that was um you know I, so i just want to say we should we should we should give ourselves a pat on the back because we were that was a good prediction that that came true and it was fairly accurate um as to how it ended up working out for us um but this series that's coming up is going to be a little bit different um it's yeah. going to be a series that might actually be a little bit more the opposite of what we saw from the Warriors. With the Warriors, we saw a team that downsized when they went to the bench, and you saw a team that their identity was a little bit more in playing faster. Um, you know, they minimized the amount of non-shooters on the floor. Denver's a very different team. Their roster mm -hmm. is set up very differently. The geometry of how they play basketball is very, and that's the word I like to use because I think that accurately describes the uniqueness of what um Nikola Jokic is he changes the geometry of how you play basketball because you don't see the biggest player on your team also basically play point guard for your team and that's what he presents it's a very different situation um, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how the Lakers deal with it but they're familiar with them you know yeah uh, they, they've dealt with it so what are your initial thoughts about just this matchup that's coming up like what's the first thing that comes out from the top of your mind that that you think the Lakers need to be aware of yeah it's funny going from Steph to Jokic right like there's no breaks in the western conference there's no there's no there's no relaxing like you go straight from one 
generational offensive player to just one other generational offensive player and they do it in different ways but I think that's the biggest thing like to me the series will come down to what you do with Jokic and obviously you're not going to stop his scoring but like I think they're uh, players like him Steph Luca etc that you put in this tier like you have to pick a poison and like that poison can kill you anyway like whichever one you choose um but yeah that's like him versus AD obviously is the big thing that that's put out, but I think our guards versus their guards getting over on screens and then keeping that pick and roll into a two on two matchup. But it's gonna be uh, Nuggets are good. They can score. They they have a lot of continuity. They have their guys. They're one of the few teams in a league full of teams, Vinay, that don't give a crap about the regular season. Um, they were one that did. They've been the one seed, I believe, since December. They I think they kind of sleepwalked at the end there but they had the one seed locked up by so many games it didn't matter but i think they just have a bunch of you know they have a lineup that's played together a ton with kcp and aaron gordon and um they're gonna be tough man and we're a team i think that's still figuring stuff out so darvin ham pressing buttons while denver kind of knows they're kind of playing eight guys if you look at denver's kind of rotation they have like eight guys in the rotation um and no real backup center with aaron gordon playing that role so they know who their team is and we have like 10 guys trying to fit a man rotation right so that, i think that's like it's a really fun kind of you know contrast there of teams but uh, it's exciting i think the Jokic versus ad definitely pops off and then lebron be able to hunt switches and uh, a lot of fun stuff to kind of talk about with this series but the Jokic part of it to me finding finding the key for him to like not have 38 14 right like that to, that to me that's where he kills you if he has like the 14 assists along with him getting 30 then then you're in trouble yeah yeah i i absolutely agree i think i think um I, i've been trying to find them find the right term to describe what this is like what the kind of defense you have to play against him and yeah. I, I it's i'm still scrambling like the only one i've been able to think of is is i call it the trojan defense and mm -hmm. that it, it's from you know like that the Trojan horse and how the Greeks use the Trojan horse to get inside the walls of Troy. And they had people hidden inside there. So it's not necessarily that it's not exactly that, that analogy is not perfect, but the reason why I like the analogy, it's because if you look at it from the perspective of perspective of allowing the opposing team to do something that they think they're doing effectively, but really you mm -hmm. have, you have an, you have a bigger goal, right? Like you're trying to set a trap. So I've thought about like how we have to defend Jokic. And I think a lot, a lot of times when I think about how we should defend Jokic, you know, I, I do expect us to do a lot of single coverage. I don't expect us to do a lot of doubling, tripling team, triple teaming because simply because of the reason you described, like he's a fantastic passer and he will do things for the sole purpose of setting up passes for his teammates, whether it's cuts, even if it's not designed, it's the very thing that like LeBron has been applauded for like his entire career. He'll just go and find the smallest guy, go post him up because he knows somebody's going to come and help. And, I think the attention to detail for Anthony Davis when it comes to making sure he sticks with Jokic and he doesn't, you know, allow five on fours or four on threes um, if he misses a layup or whatever. We're fortunate in this situation, Jokic is slower than Anthony Davis. So it's a very rare thing for something like that to happen. Um, for Anthony Davis isn't the biggest, slowest guy on the floor. Like he's faster than Jokic, so he should be able to get up the floor defensively and offensively. But we have to play like this Trojan style defense, which is just. If Jokic is going to score 50, 60 points, it, Anthony Davis is probably going to get made fun of for it. But if they Oof. result in if they result in him not getting 14 assists and he's only getting like five, six assists, and that's the difference between us winning a game and losing a game, that might be worth it. I'm not saying that's what they should do or that should be the strategy, but I think that's like something that I remember um, 
like Ty Lue did with like Luca. Like Luca would come out mm-hmm. against the Clippers and he'd have like 30 in the first half. And he'd yeah. be completely gassed out by the second half. And um, you know, granted they he didn't have a Jamal Murray type, but like he'd be completely gassed out in the second half, and the Clippers would just kind of keep chipping away, keep chipping away, keep chipping away. And so I'm curious to see what the Lakers strategy defensively is going to be, but that matchup is going to be huge for sure. So let's start here. Would you, uh, would you start with AD on Jokic? I I think like the Lakers pref preferred outcome would be AD on like Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Right. And like to be able to roam similarly to how they put him on GP two to Jermichael green to Xavier Tillman, yada, yada, like, you know, in all these games, is that viable in this series? Uh, I think like they're gonna try some possessions to have LeBron on Jokic, so LeBron mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the rotator. Um, I think it's twofold as well. If you have AD on Jokic, then it's the Warriors' dilemma again, right? They they bring him up in the Jamal Murray ball screen, and now you have AD out on the perimeter while Jamal Murray and Jokic play two on two, and you have you can have guys cut off that, and you have you know Rui or LeBron or Vando as your rim protection there. But like starting this series off, would you start Game One AD on Jokic to start, and then kind of move? back from that or, or would you think would you want to put him on Aaron Gordon or, or someone else yeah so I, I would trust AD on Jokic like the major concern mm-hmm. is when the collisions happen between AD and Jokic like is AD going to get in foul trouble because of it and I yeah. think I think he's I think he has enough credibility with the refs as well as just defensive technical skill where he'll be okay and again like this is another example of like it's not a, I don't want to say it's a ref bias, but it is a thing that happens with refs. AD is smaller than Jokic. So typically when the player that's defend, playing defense is smaller than the guy that's he's playing defense against, they kind of let them get away with a little bit more physicality without calling fouls and, and whatnot. And um, that doesn't mean he won't get fouls, but I think like AD is disciplined enough to be able to defend him straight up and at least mm. to start these games off. Because really, you know, I, I, I just don't like the idea of like, like Braun is, you know, he's, we've talked about it many times. He's compromised physically. I don't know if he can kind of stand up Jokic. You know what I mean? Like if he can yeah. just, uh, prevent them from getting two feet in the paint and, and whatnot. And I mean, honestly, if Jokic, again, if, if Jokic is, gets turned into a guy who's chucking threes at the perimeter, as opposed to like getting closer to the rim, creating shots for his teammates, I'm kind of okay with that because now you're yeah. going against what the identity of your actual offense is, which is this big dude who can score at the rim and pass it anywhere on the floor. Yeah, it's similar to me how we've defended others. Like you want to keep the Murray Jokic a two on two, right? Mm-hmm. You want to keep that like a two on two action and not involve Michael Porter Jr. getting open or KCP getting free, getting loose for threes. And Aaron Gordon, I think we're going to beg to take shots. For sure. he's shooting a, a respectable percentage, but if he wants to take jump shots and uh, albeit, um, but yeah, I think like they're gonna try to force him, as you said, to be a jump shooter. Um, and Jokic has Vene, like I don't know, I was watching, he has like the slowest shot fake and drive in the <laughs> yeah. league, and it just works like it's yeah. like the most it's in slow motion, like it's the pump fake, it takes it's a three step process going to his dribble, and he still like gets by dudes. And I think this is where. AD is just being uh, a generational type defender, I think, comes yeah. in where he needs to be able to not dissuade the three, but contest it enough, right? You don't want to give wide open looks to Jokic. Uh, I think he's shooting a ridiculous percentage from three as well. Yeah. But try to dissuade the, the easy open three and then also take away the drive. And that's a lot to ask 
but he's gonna have a huge ask anyway in this series. But uh, yeah, and then also knowing his IQ, having to you know pick when to shade more on Jamal Murray, when to take away yeah. the pass back to Jokic, and when to kind of you know play in that in between game. And that's the series to me. Eighties like in between defense, and you talked about it, getting steals, getting deflections, all that stuff to me um, is huge. And eighties in the center of that. And yeah, you don't want LeBron. I just think like on for a few possessions, instead of LeBron chasing around MPJ on the screens, like yeah. just being a bruiser inside and Jokic is going to hit the little jump hooks over him. I don't mind that. It's still like bully ball to the rim kind of stuff gets you in foul trouble, gets the defense collapse. And that's where he lives is like the skip passes to the corner the wing hits to MPJ, the Aaron Gordon cuts for dunks. That gets their crowd going in ways that I think like if Jokic is just hitting shot after shot, I think it, it reduces the momentum that they have yeah no i i agree um you know the other thing is also there's their starting lineup like the guys that they have are a little bit more three and d oriented guys as opposed to like self-creation like outside of jamal like self-creation guys so like aaron gordon not a guy who really creates for himself like looks to create for himself he can in in, in yeah you know smaller smaller pockets but it's not like a guy you're just giving him the ball and saying okay go get me a bucket like that's not usually how they run they're they're doing it like Maybe he gets in the post up if you know if he gets a small guy on him um, in in offensive transition. But for the most part, he's I highly doubt Aaron Gordon's going to be trying to like post up LeBron or even Vando if that switch happens. Um, same thing with KCP. KCP not a guy who's going to break you down like with a live dribble. MPJ is also kind of a guy who prefers to catch and shoot. Comes off of screens. Does you know he got that that Kevin Durant comp a long time ago. Um, which I think mm-hmm. was almost an insult to Kevin. But, like, you know, there was a game, I think, against Phoenix that they lost, game four, where, like, they were down, like, four or something like that, and he had, like, a three-on-two, and I remember he took, like, a transition pull-up three that got blocked oh, yeah, from yeah. behind by DeAndre Ayton. And I was just, like, not that, you know, I, obviously that was a dumb play at the time, but, like, watching that, I was like, that's what he wants to do. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to be a pull-up jump shooter guy that, comes off the screen. So he's not a guy where you give him the ball and he's trying to break down the guy that that's, you know, in front of him. So it's like, when you think about it that way, like Jamal and Jokic, like are kind of the self-creation guys like that, that'll mm-hmm. do it on their own. And so when you know that it, it reduces like the, like you look back at the warrior series, we saw that, right? Draymond, not a self-creator. Clay, not a self-creator. Yeah. GP2, Looney, not self-creators. It was really pool and Curry the two main guys who can create shots for themselves and as long as we locked up one of them which was jordan Poole, majority of the time lakers were fine so i think if they approach defense if their scouting reports are real detailed and accurate they'll be able to take you know play the calculated risk they'll be able to say okay if you know we don't have to necessarily put a really great defensive player on a guy like kcp or a guy like MPJ yeah. because he's gonna just shoot the ball. He's not really gonna attack the rim. So they gotta try and play some of that stuff into their own favor. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's where the advantage is. I think Reeves can chase around KCP. And to me though, I think the best defense is a good offense. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. like keeping them keeping them out of transition. Like if you saw it's obviously painful, but KCP had like 17 points in the first quarter against uh against Phoenix in game six. A lot of that was just runouts, like, yeah. you know, terrible passes by Katie and Booker, who 
um, turned the ball over a ton. And KCP just got run out layups, run out transition. And that's where MPJ comes in, right? His athleticism and his like ability to shoot that all gets magnified in transition for him. He's already six ten. 6'10 or 6'11, whatever he is. Um, and he can, he loves to fire from three, and that's where they get loose, and that's what you need to keep out. But this should be like a slow pace, um, very much LeBron mismatch hunting. Um, we'll see if they single cover AD against Jokic, uh, if that's the case, and get AD some post, post backers and just have defensive balance when you're running back, right? And I think that's so important. We've been terrible transition defense through most of the year. I think like this, this series will really magnify how important that is, but uh. That, I think that's the way to start. You're not going to stop Jokic. Like, he's going to get his 30. Like, that's just – like, I don't think you're going to, you know, negate his offensive impact. But yeah. Keeping the assist down and making sure, like, Jamal Murray also doesn't have 40, right? Like, to me, that's where, like, you, you keep him a little bit more in check. And then KCP, um, Bruce Brown, uh, Christian Braun. Um, their rotation is really short. Like, that's kind of the extent that they mm-hmm. go into their, their bench. Bruce Brown, Christian Braun, and Aaron Gordon. Uh, Je- Jeff Green off the bench playing Jeff- center for them. Yeah. Jeff Green, yeah. I'm not sure how much he played in the Phoenix series. I don't remember. But, like, yeah, Jeff Green off the bench, who's, I think, as old as LeBron, still getting up there, yeah, strangely. Man. Still putting, um, guys but... in, putting guys in the basket. <laughs> in posters, yeah. And so, uh, like, that's, that's where our advantage is to me, keeping the – pace low running out running those guys off the three-point line like you said i think the warriors were a nice test for that like a oh, for sure like a would little you, would you say know. would you say denver was a, a do you think denver is a better defensive team than the warriors or a worse defensive team than the Warriors? i think they're a better like team defensive like if, if you look at okay. the numbers and and all that i think they they're more they're more in sync with what they're doing I think like the Warriors have Dream, they have Draymond Green, which is kind of his, he's kind of his own mm-hmm. uh, defensive impact. Um, and obviously, like guys like Jordan Poole, those guys are negatives. Um, but I think like the Lakers are a specific matchup for Denver to where like Devin Booker and KD just didn't have the supporting roles around them. Sure. And they're like heavy jump shooters, right? So they don't put pressure on your defense as the Lakers do in terms of paint, paint points, getting to the free throw line and stuff like that. Um, but I think they're a soft. They've done. They've maximized the output that Nikola Jokic can be defensively. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think, like they've done as much as they can, and he's still like you're never gonna make him a quick foot center. Um, but I think they've at least done what they could have to kind of make that you know as even as it could defensively. Yeah. So so that that was a, that was something that I was thinking about a lot today. So I um went through the regular season to, and you know, there, there are things that we can take from regular season, probably more for this series than we could from the warrior series, because it was very different. Mm. Um, so when I was rewatching um, the nugget, the two wins that we had against them, um, yeah. like I, I tried to find the themes that were successful for us, as opposed to like what player did what, right. Cause we had mm-hmm. both the wins that we had, we had Russ on the team and he came off the bench um, and like, so, so I wanted to see why it is that we won with him with a worse yeah. roster with Pat Bev starting and Dennis Schroeder starting. Um, and we won those games against him. And, and Jokic played and Jamal played in those games too as well. MPJ played in those games too as well. Uh, why we beat them uh, versus – and what we could carry over thematically. Yeah. And so one of the things that sort of popped out to me before I go into the Lakers offense was that their defense at the rim isn't really that good. Like I would actually say more than Jokic, their best rim defender is probably – Aaron Gordon, like I've seen yeah. him block shot of LeBron, he blocked Dennis Schroeder layups, challenge, um, you know, challenge Russ at the rim. Jokic is not like I, when I watched the game and where we were taking our shots from, which were in the paint, like Jokic wasn't really 
doing much defensively to deter it. And so the reason why I asked you that question was because, you know, with the Warriors, even if Draymond's on the floor, Kevon Looney is like, he's just, he's freaking huge. huge, dude. Like he, like he challenges everything. And like, I think it might be, I don't want to say night and day because that's sort of insulting to, to say, but I think it may actually be night and day for the Lakers rim attacking group. So Dennis Lonnie, I mm. think is going to be important. Um, not because, because he can get to the rim. Uh, Dennis is going to have important. Austin will be really important. You know, D'Lo, if, you know, if, if we get the good, you know, he doesn't have GP2 on him anymore. So like maybe he can also get to the rim too as well. But like the rim is there. It's it, yeah. they don't, like once you get the first step on whoever it is, or you use that shot fake or whatever it is, nobody's stopping you from getting to the rim. And Jokic certainly isn't going to be a guy who's going to rotate over from the weak side to stop you from getting to the rim. And that was sort of like how the Lakers beat them in the regular season. It was Russ getting to the rim, Dennis getting to the rim, all of these guys doing that. And I think like when I think about whether that, you know, we can replicate that in, in the, the playoffs, I don't see any reason why not because we just did that against the Warriors pretty successfully. And the Warriors are pretty damn good defensively just with their individual guys. So I, I'm – what do you think about that? Do you think that like – do you think that is a way when you think about Denver's defense, do you think of them as a rim protection, like an elite rim protection team? Or do you think, or you th or, no. or am, I, am I in the right spot there? Yeah. So I think they're more of like a rim deterrent team, right? So they kind of want to take you away from the basket before you get there. Um, sure. So they send a lot of help. Um, they don't really like to switch with Jokic, right? So, so um, yeah, they want to like keep you out of the paint. So, Cause once you get in there, like you just talked about, it's Jokic, it's Aaron Gordon, um as your like real rim protector but they do a nice job helping on the backside and their guards kcp bruce brown are really good at chasing over the top being physical with you to me though this is like to me this is prime like uh, a lot of a lot of series aren't uh the lebron and ad pick and roll right we've mm -hmm. talked about that a lot and it doesn't get used much because teams um are able to kind of just switch it but this is serious to me that they're not going to switch that, right? So, like, if you run a side AD and LeBron pick and roll, they don't want to switch Jokic onto mm -hmm. LeBron. And that's where AD diving, him as a number one, as, like, a rim, as a lob threat, and then, like, just creating all this penetration at the paint. And that's where, like, you get open D-low shots and open Austin shots. But you're right. Uh, a lot of those plays, too, Vinay, what we did was, like, we set the screen higher, right? Yeah. And a lot of those, and a lot of it was Thomas Bryant, which, strangely, was, like, really dominate against Denver and yep. part of the reason why they coughed up three second round picks to, to get him um, to not play. He um, was, <laughs> he was finishing, like I'm rewatching it. I'm like watching Russ and Dennis set him up for layups, like at the rim. Yeah. Jokic is like right there next to him. He's doing nothing to stop Thomas from scoring at the rim. And I was just like, was this, this a regular season thing or is he just not want to try and defend? And so like, in my mind, I think to myself, like if that's going to end up being, AD, I don't think you're stopping AD from scoring at the rim if you're just going to be watching him do it. So I, I'm very curious to see the the if he meets force with force defensively. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good way to put it. And if you look at their first opponents, right? DeAndre Ayton. Um, not sure he was totally engaged, but like just a, a jump shooter. And then obviously Phoenix was kind of a jump shooting team. Minnesota with Gobert and Towns is a jump kind of jump shooter and Go Gobert who can't really get his offense going so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how they defend the paint but to me this is like we were uh we were setting screens a lot higher right so like it's really tough to have a coverage when the screen is like above the three-point line so we put mm -hmm. Jokic in space basically is what you want to do you want Jokic to have him to have to have to move his feet left and right and I thought this is a way this is a series to me where LeBron can get downhill 
Like that, Jokic just can't move his feet with him. There's gonna be games where LeBron looks 38 years old because he is, but I think this is a series where he can get downhill. I think it's a series where Austin can get downhill um, and kind of get to that mid-range area where Jokic has to kind of be back. They they get him to the level of the screen a little bit more nowadays, but um, yeah, we'll see where where they go with that. But I'm fascinated how they they put him in these screens, and I think Jokic's foul trouble is huge. He's a guy that doesn't foul very much either. Um, so that kind of battle between the Lakers who love to draw contact against him uh, will be interesting. But uh, I think you're right. This is a series where you have to get to the rim and try to get to the basket. Aaron Gordon's a guy that's going to jump at everything. Um, but like that's a that's a place to me where Renee, we have enough shooters now where you, you can make those guys pay. You have a D'Angelo Russell, you have an Austin Reeves um, who should be able to knock down shots from uh, Denver just collapsing at the rim, and they're going to have to keep the defense defensive integrity up and you can kind of get baskets that way but uh no i think you're on the right track there russ russ got to russ had like a great game against them at home i, I yeah. believe uh, when we were at home i think thomas bryant was like huge against them in two games lebron always plays well against denver uh like he has like his, yeah. his he has like great games against them uh since he's been a laker at least so um no they, i think you know this Denver's really good. I'm prefet keep you know saying that because they, they are. But um, I think this this is a good matchup um, back and forth. Yeah. So so that actually brings me to the to the next point, which is you know the LeBron thing. Like I, I think part of the reason why LeBron plays so well is because Aaron Gordon starts defending him like it's like his life is on the line, and Aaron Gordon seems <laughs> to turn up sometimes. Like his physicality, like for some reason, increases against LeBron. Like he takes it very yeah. seriously. Um, and I mean, I get it, you know, you're playing Braun, so you want to like make a name for yourself. So that's probably why that'll happen. So like Braun, Braun's game, I think in, in this series is going to be very interesting because, you know, the last game we, or last series we saw Braun was doing a really phenomenal job, just kind of picking his spots. And then game six, he kind of had like a Braun game. Um, and, and, you know, he was getting to the rim, he was, uh, bully balling his way to the rim in the post and doing it in transition. He was doing a wonderful job that way. So, you know, it was perfect for the, for the closeout situation that we needed it. And again, like Denver is a team where, you know, they'll probably put Aaron Gordon on him, but it probably won't be hard for him to get like Michael Porter Jr. on him. And that's not a guy who could stay in front of LeBron or a guy that LeBron mm -hmm. can't post up. Um, he could pick on a guy like KCP, he can pick on a guy like Jamal Murray if he wants. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he fits stuff in. Like, um, or not how he fits stuff in, but like how he fits in where he wants to score, because yeah. you know, I, I Denver altitude is no joke. Um, you know, so they they went there a day or two earlier to to like kind of get their legs underneath them and and, and adjust. I, I don't even know if they will adjust, but like his jump shot, we don't know if his jump shot's going to come back. That three ball is going to come back the way that we want. But game six, he didn't take that many threes. He just kept going to the rim mm -hmm. over and over again. But doing it in Denver may be different than doing it in LA, you know, and doing it in game six versus game one. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how he adjusts. Do you think this is one of those? Do you think he's probably going to take the same approach that he did like last time, which is he just kind of waits to see what's working, what's not working, and then, and then fits himself in? I do. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not sure he can just go seven games like full bore, you know, trying to drop 35 a night. Um, and, I, you know, I honestly don't think he has to. Again, I think Denver is a team that their pick and roll defense kind of plays into what our guards want to do. Um, they're not they don't switch. They don't you know go up too high and they don't trap very hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is like a series where 
D'Lo can really get loose, I believe, in that mid-range area. Um, I think you're going to see him try to take Jamal Murray in the post a little bit. I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see Austin Reeves be able to – we'll see how effective, again, it'll be. But I think Austin can kind of get loose in that mid-range area as well, try to draw fouls at the rim, try to dry contact. Um, they play a little bit more of a looser kind of ball screen coverage. Um, and I think that'll kind of work in their favor. But I do think, you know, it's a series where LeBron's going to have to score a little bit more than he did. I mean, he scored 30 points one time um, and, you know, was super efficient, 10 for 14. I'm just not sure how much he can pull that in the tank, like, to right away mm-hmm. with the altitude in Denver. But I think, you know, he'll be serious tomorrow. I think they know game one is, like, extremely – has been extremely important in these series to, like, take a stranglehold early. And I think, you know, it'll work. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how he approaches it, man. I'd – I thought he got really jump shot heavy against the Warriors sometimes, like, like trying to aim it and find where the jump shot is. And I think um, I think we can work it around in this series where he can get to the rim. Aaron Gordon's going to ball pressure him, Yes, you know, full court. Like he's going to be attached to him. And to me, that's where like uh, I, I've said the term force with force. So sometimes you can use the force against them. Like I said, that's a, like um, – Remember last year when the when the Nuggets played the Warriors, uh, Draymond Green really did that. He like used Aaron Gordon's force against him and kind yeah. of got under his skin a little bit, like Draymond does, you know, making him a little frustrated and playing that game within the game. And I'm not saying to do anything that's un, you know, unbalanced. Yeah. yeah, or like unsportsmanlike. I'm just saying like Aaron Gordon's a guy that's gonna be fired up in like right. right away and be aggressive the whole time. And that's where like a pump fake here and there really goes a long way. Like yeah. a guy like that who's gonna be jumping out the gym trying to send your you know send your shot to the 12th row like that's like to me that's a guy where you want to kind of use his physicality against him and i think our guards do a good job of that like i think austin reeves does that mm-hmm. Velo does that lebron uh has been like just deferring when a guy like picks him up full court he's like i'm just gonna give the ball to the guard yeah. like you're you're playing full court on me for no reason you're wasting your energy doing that so um yeah the, the little tug of war there when to be aggressive when not and i think score also will dictate a lot of that um with with how aggressive he is yeah, I, I I think that's, that's I'm I'm curious to see how that attrition game works out because yeah you know, like Jokic is not Steph and Steph is probably the best conditioned athlete in the league and you can mm-hmm. see that in the style of play but I think Jokic may not necessarily be conditioned as well um, to to be able to do that kind of heavy workman workmanship like that's why he gets those twelve to fifteen assists a game sometimes every now and then. Because he just kind of does it very his his playmaking is very efficient and very smart and cerebral in the way he does it. That actually reminded me of something. Um, you know, like one of the underrated things that I think may come to light, uh, and it's mm. something that we talked about in in the Warriors series when we did the series preview. Is you know when we talked about AD being a dominant guy in the paint, you know, typically we think of stuff like him blocking shots at the rim. But against yeah. a jump shooting team like the Warriors, you may not see those opportunities because they don't take shots at the rim at the same frequency, unless they're like, you know they generate a wide open one off a of back cut or something. Um, but one thing that you can see is 80s ball hawking. Like he is an incredible ball hawk for his size, and he deflects passes, takes away passing angles. And I think an underrated part of the matchup for him versus Jokic will be him getting his hands on Jokic's passes when he tries to throw them. And that is something that I think if it goes in 80s favor is going to be something that we're going to see up and down the timeline quite a bit. It's going to be like, oh, wow, 80s deflecting a lot of passes or 80s, you know, changing the trajectory of a lot of these passes. I think that is something that like people don't realize that he does at an extremely elite level, like probably the best yeah. in the league. And you really can't see it until he kind of shuts down. Like it's crazy to say 
my best defensive player is going to shut down your ability to pass the ball because you're like, what? Like pass the ball. Like that's not really hard to do. But when you think about it in terms of what Jokic does with his playmaking, taking away his ability to pass to his teammates because he doesn't know if this pass is going to make it pass. You know, like he's got to throw with two hands. Now he can't throw with his weak hand. He has to throw with his strong hand where he has to get both of his feet underneath them, or he has to throw a traditional chest pass versus, you know, like one of those no lookers or something that he throws. He's going to get those highlights for sure. But it's just like, can we make him less efficient when he does it? Can we, can we force the trajectory of that pass to go over KCP in the corner every now and then? So now, you know, it, it changes the kind of offense that they try to run. I think that's an underrated thing. Um, like an underrated uh, force meets, you know, what was that? Unstoppable force meets the wall. Sort of thing. Uh, immovable like, I, object, yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I honestly think that that might be something that we, we get a good chance to see because when I was watching the tape, like there were definitely moments where stuff like that was happening. Like, Jokic is rolling, but he's not really yeah. looking to score. He's doing that thing where he takes like the little Euro step, but he's really looking to mm-hmm. pass and AD deflects a pass or something like that. So you know, stuff like that's going to be really important um, to, to slow them down or, or junk up them some of their offense. So they like to run a lot of their offense like at the top of the key. So they'll have Jokic with the ball up there and he'll be kind of, you know, motioning and, you know, running their sets at the top. Are you ball pressuring him up there? Because I think, you know, there's a tug and pull there, you know what I mean, of like impacting his passes or playing up too high. Because this is my concern with the series, Renee, is like similar one when I had the Warriors. I think the Warriors played more non-shooters to where you could do this. Aaron Gordon's really the one guy that they start that you can do this to. The Warriors kind of had a few people. We were kind of comfortable, like Andrew Wiggins, GP2, Jermichael Green, Kevon Looney, like Draymond. Like, because our guys were, like, very comfortable with them outside of the paint taking yeah. shots, right? And I, and the Nuggets are completely – are not that. They You can't just give up shots to Jamal Murray or KCP and even Jokic to an extent – um he's a guy that again you can't throw the same pitch to like you got to switch your stuff up to um but i think that are you concerned about that at all the not the like Jokic shooting or whatever but like pulling ad from the paint because that gets their stuff going like the little split the cross screens they do with aaron gordon and like people are always wondering how does aaron gordon get so many dunks it's because like they do those screens and people get lost on those those switches like in between the paint those are tough to communicate and that gets him dunks that gets mpga dunks um uh, off of that so like is are you concerned i guess that's my one concern to me of this series is ad getting pulled from the paint and you have lebron and Rui or vando we can get to like the lineup configurations later but those guys at the rim having to be the deterrent the rebounder against you know these bigger type of wing guys yeah um that's my one like how do we keep ad at the rim if he's defending Nikola Jokic? like that that's to me the conundrum that i'm in and i think darvin ham's gonna have to decide yeah, so that is definitely a thing because I remember I forgot what game we lost in the bubbles, game four or game five. I don't know what it was, but there was a game mm-hmm. where AD had like only four rebounds, and all of Lakers Twitter was pissed when that mm-hmm. after that game. They're like, oh, AD is playing terribly. Just look at how many rebounds he has. He has like less than 10 rebounds. And I remember very distinctly in a now deleted tweet um, where I actually compiled all the rebounds that he could have, like I watched all the rebounds the Lakers grabbed and we didn't have a bad rebounding game. It's just AD didn't have a lot of rebounds because he was busy running mm-hmm. out to contest the three and in no yeah. position to, to grab the defensive rebound. And even if he did run back in, like the ball would go in like a different direction where he didn't have the ability to do it. And I remember there was one specific highlight where 
he ran back, boxed his boxed the guy out, and the rebound actually went to LeBron, and LeBron didn't grab it. Aaron Gordon grabbed it and ended up scoring like a dunk or a layup. And I remember like I shared it, and it was like a Rorschach test for Lakers Twitter. They're like, "Oh wait a second, like maybe this wasn't AD's fault." But that is a concern because of the defensive rebounding. Like if he's going yeah. out there to chase Jokic, or like if he's doing it to defend the pass. And then he and then he goes to crash the glass. I'm okay with that. But if he's yeah. stuck out there because he's worried, like Jokic has already made like four threes in a row or something crazy like that, then that becomes an issue. But I will say this: compared to the team that we had in the bubble, I think mm. we have better rebounding personnel with this team. And I think Vando, if he's still in the starting lineup, is is a is a core part of that because he's going to be on like Jamal Murray or something like that, probably to and we can get into whether he gets that assignment, but like, I think he's going to be on a guy like Jamal and he's going to go crash the glass. And if it's just going to be a ton of open space, I like Vando's chances of running down defensive rebounds in open space um, compared to whatever we had, you know, in, in the bubble, which was basically LeBron was the only guy to do it. And you know, obviously he can't do it at, in, in his current age with this, you know, where he's at physically right now. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we can get, to, I guess we can go ahead and get to that. You yeah. know, I, I think a lot of people saying it's not a Vando series and like, I kind of want to see how it plays out first. I, I think Rui's going to be important. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I actually agree with that. I think Vando's going to be on Jamal Murray. I like, I don't think they're going to waste time with that. I remember the first John Moran possession, they had Vanderbilt on jaw. Like they didn't waste any yeah. time doing that. Like that was, that was the right away, the, the defensive assignment. I also think like that's his role on this team, you know, like, yeah not just in terms of basketball, just in terms of his identity on the roster. It's like you guard the other team's best guard, right? Or whatever yeah. wing creator. And I think he's going to be on Jamal Murray. I think he could do a fine job with that. So I guess if you have Vando on Jamal Murray, this is where I get worried about the other matchups, mm-hmm. right? Because then I guess you have D'Lo on KCP. I, yeah. I, I guess so. And then you have, um, I guess you would put LeBron on, on Aaron Gordon, that Reeves Reeves on MPJ, which you know, I think that MPJ isn't the on-ball creator, but I do think he's a guy that'll shoot right over you if he thinks he has that. And maybe yeah. that's maybe that's part of the game plan, like make MPJ feel like he's the number one option on this team. You yeah, know, like, like that. I mean, if it's, like, if it's just, contested jumpers, then why not? Yeah, and I, I think that's what he'll be taking. Um, yeah. MPJ, people forget because the bubble we won in five. That series is a lot more contested than people remember. It was a tighter tough series i remember mpj used to hit some contested threes where yeah like who's is right in his face and he still hits those but i guess is that the matches for you that you would start with i guess so ad on um uh well ad on Jokic, i guess and lebron on aaron gordon yeah. within vando on jamal and the other two guys is that where you would start uh start this series yeah so if, so if they don't start like if let, let's say they swap it then they put vando on mpj and they put austin mm-hmm. on jamal more on jamal murray and they try to do that thing that they did to steph which is jamal like you know jamal can score but we're not gonna let jamal get away with not playing any defense like we're gonna put yeah. a score on him because that that's also a concern too right like you you, if Vando loses the tug of war defensively or, or the battle defensively against Jamal, he may not provide us anything on the offensive end to to make to you know use attrition against uh, Jamal. So like that's an important part of the, of that game. So if we don't do Vando, I would expect Austin to be the guy who gets the assignment on on Jamal. Mm-hmm. Um, how effective he is, I don't know, but you know like Austin is a gamer. You know like Jamal will try and post sure. him up. Austin will try and sell the 
you know, sell the charges. He'll try and stay in front of him. And again, you have to remember, like, he does have AD behind him, you know? So if it's if it's Jamal taking a DHO from Jokic or somebody else, like, somebody's going to help him. It's not going to be him on an island by 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 himself. Like, LeBron's going to be helping off of Aaron Gordon um, and whatnot. So I'll, I'll be very interested to see how it goes. I, I could go either way. Like, the, I could see the logic behind playing Vando on Jamal just because of the length um, and the defensive mm-hmm. ability. And again, like the handoff, right? Like if AD has to pick up Jamal, then you have a bigger body on Jokic, even though, you know, Vando's not going to be able to really box out Jokic, but he can get to the rebound maybe faster than Jokic can get to it. That's a thing that also is is part of rebounding. Um, but if that doesn't work, then you can go to Austin uh, and, mm. and, and you can test that out too as well. Um, I don't think Ham, Ham doesn't strike me as the type of coach to completely change his tactics. Um, and yeah. from watching, honestly, watching the regular season for whatever we can carry from the regular season, we won games with Dennis and Patrick Beverly as our starting backcourt. Like, I want people to think about that for a second. Like, now yeah. we're going to have D'Lo and Austin. Like, there's a huge difference in the offensive ability and the threat that they can be offensively that's going to change the entire dynamic. Like, we're discussing defensive assignments on, on the Nuggets. But the Nuggets have to account for us now, too. Like, you're not playing off sure. of Patrick Beverly, who averages, like, five points a game. You're not playing off of Dennis, who couldn't shoot. Like, he'd just go to the rim. That's really all it was for, for a good portion of the season. So, like, that, I think that kind of stuff, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those situations happened. And uh, you might be right. They may just put Vando on MPJ and be like, he's just taller. We don't want to risk putting Austin in a position to have to defend a guy six inches taller than him. Yeah, that, I think that's what I would do. I just wouldn't want such a glaring matchup hole. You know, I think I think like that's that's a really glaring um, mismatch in terms of Austin on MPJ and MPJ is a really good rebounder as well when he wants to be. I just think that's a lot of pressure um, on Austin to guard him. And I think you made the key point: make them work on the other end. Like you have to make Jamal Murray guard. Like he has to be. Yeah. The Suns just did not have the capacity. I mean, Landry Shamit was just not going to be able to you know run enough ball screens to where they they give a crap about him catching it or even if he caught it on the move he wasn't going to attack a close out or anything mm-hmm. like that where it put fear into their guards i think like austin and d'lo especially they're going to try to hide jamal murray on them and i think that's when you have to go to work similarly to the, what they did the staff right like clear side let me work i'm taking you in the post i'm putting i'm running you through ball screens you're going to have to dis- defend and chase and even lebron hunting and being so being very maniacal with the approach of like yeah. no this is what we're doing every single possession i think that's so important this series we did it in the bubble as well didn't have to do it as much um but we did do it we hunted jamal murray and i think today sneakily we're gonna hunt kcp like i remember watching kcp yeah. guard like guard Kawhi and I was like oh like that that is that's a physical matchup that's just not um sustainable I'm not saying LeBron is Kawhi but I think in terms of a strength advantage he does have the same same type of advantage so um I think that those are the two guards where it's like kind of pick your pick your choice there for LeBron and then run offense through that simplify it run offense through that run it through the post to eight through AD I don't think they're going to try to double off that and Jokic again a guy who's not going to foul he knows his like value on the team and Mm -hmm. that's where AD can get baskets um but i think this is that's a huge part of the series as well try not deliberately destroy your offense but get Jokic in some type of like where he's guarding ad and he has to guard every possession right like he's not he can't take a break on defense to me and i think like putting Jokic in actions a lot of times like a lot of teams who play denver they just they just don't do it 
like that you want to put Jokic in space and t- sometimes they go away from that they run like isos and stuff and i think this is a team where very pick and roll heavy you can attack that's where Jokic is the weakest i think he's the best renee as like a post defender like i think that's where Jokic oh, for is sure. yeah. the best body, right yeah. he's just big body dude he can be strong he can have his hands up he's smart he can tap up he gets strips and blocks and in, in that way but you put him in pick and roll you make him get in a defensive stance and have to move his feet that's where I think you have the advantage. And to me, that's where LeBron and Austin could get downhill. D'Lo may be more off the ball in this situation. AD even runs some inverted actions or, you know, our wide pin down that we run for AD. Make Jokic get through those screens. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're, we're starting from the corner, make him come around those. Um, and, and I think that's where we have our advantage. So, um, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see how we how we attack them. But I do think we have a lot of avenues to, to go about it. Yeah, and, that, you know, another, like, quiet thing that like i know that we get irritated by when we see it with when we see ad and lebron do it like Jokic likes to complain to the refs a lot when he doesn't get a foul call or when he tries to embellish a call and a lot of times it puts his team in a position where it's like a five on four because he hasn't run back and like that's an like this may be a team that the lakers can not expose it but they should take advantage of it you know ad is faster than Jokic. like if you can beat Jokic down the floor you can probably get yourself a, a, a decent shot uh, either at the rim or generate an open look for your team because they're going to be scrambling. And it, it is a strength that they do have. You know, they have Gordon, MPJ, KCP, Jamal Morey. Like two guys are taller, but the other two, you know, it's relatively capable um, guys to pick up size wise to pick pick people up uh, coming up the floor. But if AD can AD and LeBron can outrun Jokic down the floor, that's a huge difference for for the, yeah. the Denver defense to account for. Um, Lakers shooters, you know, a guy like D'Lo can get unlocked that way because he's the one who's being left open. Um, even a guy like Vando getting a rebound and pushing it and letting LeBron and AD run with them and pushing it up the floor. If, it, if that turns into a five on four, like that's something that they can try and expose. Like Lakers really didn't have those kinds of opportunities as much against the Warriors mm-hmm. because the Warriors are just a very de- disciplined team and their guys would get back on time. And Looney put so much pressure on the offensive glass that it was always like a four on four at the very most um, for the Lakers. So it, it's a very, very interesting to see how the chess match is going to work out um, between these two teams. I will say this, this other thing that like with how shorthanded the Suns were, I'm surprised that series went for as long as it went like it, that it yeah. was a long series. And, you know, I, I don't want to, um, think lowly of Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant. I think they were pretty phenomenal. They put like 80 points up together. Yeah. Came three and four or whatever it was. But like you were basically playing five on two against them, more or less. Like I know a couple of <laughs> role players stepped up, but scoring wise, like they they took two games from you guys. And they're nowhere near as good defensively, I would say, as the Lakers are. So it's just I'm very curious that I think the quality of opponent for Denver with the Lakers is much higher than what we got yeah. with the Suns. And so, it, I mean, in terms of stealing a game one, like this feels like you could steal a game one if they're not prepared for like the level of defensive intensity that they get um, from this Laker team. Yeah, I think it's an adjustment both ways. I mean, going from Aiton was out, I think, the last game. But yeah. um, he was – I never thought he engaged fully in that series in terms of what Phoenix needed, right? They needed a Clint Capella, and he was, you know, whatever – uh, offensive minded center that he wanted to be in that series. Um, so yeah, just lost my train of thought, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super interested, man. I think they can steal that, you know, and steal that game one and go in there and, and, and take it. But I think it's, it's an adjustment for both teams. Like the nuggets play a 
they run their stuff through their center. I mean, that's a that's a totally yeah. different, you know, like scheme and style that the Warriors just went through where they, especially after game two, it was basically all through Steph through their point guard, right? right. And I think that's a it's an adjustment that we're gonna have to make. But for them, yeah, going from like Jock Landale to Anthony Davis, like that's a that's a that's a hell of a jump. Yeah, I would that's say a it's a huge a, That's a oh yeah, of course. That's a hell of an adjustment. Or going from like you know, having to where like you can trap. They were trapping every booker in like Kevin Durant ball screen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because there's just no one else you worry about. Josh Kogi, Landry Chamon, I think hits five threes in one game, but they just did not care enough to where like they respected that. Chris Paul, they were daring. That's a real sentence. They were daring Chris Paul to hit mid-range jump shots yeah. and he could not beat them. And then Chris Paul was out because of course it's Chris Paul. Um, And then like they were starting campaign and like another guy that they're like, have at it, you know what I mean? Like, camp. If, if this is a campaign game, like yeah. we're we're fine with it. And he almost, I think, he, was that the Jokic fifty game where campaign went off? I don't remember if that one was that one or the last one. But um, yeah, I think the Lakers have just a lot more threats that they can throw at throw at Denver. And uh, the guards gonna have to come to play though. It's gonna be another series where I think D'Lo and Austin are gonna have to hit jump shots and have to make Denver pay because I think they're going to again. Um, collapse in the paint and try to overhelp with Jokic, uh, especially him trying to recover back to guys. And I think they're just going to have to send help from all these places. Maybe it's Rui instead of, instead of Vando. And then you really have all this shooting out there, right, next to LeBron and AD. And I do think this is more of a series where Rui can play, right? There's no one yeah. really running around like Bruce. Uh, we talked about it, that Steph and Clay put the fear of God into you when they come off like yeah. ball screens. Denver, they have guys who shoot 40% from three, but it's not the type of like curl. And if they're just a split open, they drill it, you know? And I, yeah. I think this is more of a series, more similar to like Memphis had like Desmond Bain, but I think like Rui can at least survive in the series. And I think he'll be huge. Like you talked about on the rebounds, on the boards and be able to create his own shot, right? Like Denver's a team again, that's going to pack. And I think like against MPJ or someone, Rui can kind of body those type of dudes and get, get some shots. So um, yeah, yeah so I'm interested man. Yeah, so I was gonna say that's a perfect segue because I was gonna jump right right to the bench, the two bench units that we have um, facing each other, you know, playing each other. So, like the Nuggets, they do have a decent bench. Um, they, they do have Bruce Brown. They have the rookie Christian Braun um, that uh, he's been pretty well. He played pretty well. He's been like sort of the three and D wing guy. He's a very sturdy defender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like him a lot out of Kansas. Uh, and then they played Jeff Green too a little bit, um, like has like this backup center role that they've had uh, for them. So they downsize. Technically, they are downsizing when they go to their bench um, at mm-hmm. times. But you know, I don't know if that's going to be what they do with us. But that sort of plays into the favor of what we also do because we try to play Rui at center at the five. Um, we might see that again, um, or we may see some Wenyan, some small Wenyan minutes to keep some size on the floor, so we're not downsizing too much. But, you know, guys like Dennis Schroeder will be important. We're going to run into this situation again where we're going to find out, does Ham go back to seeing if Beasley or Troy can get loose and sort of hunger gaming their way into figuring out which guy can play, if if either guy can play at all, um, or if he has to go straight to like a six-man or seven-man rotation and keep it super tight. Like typically, I would say at the beginning of the series, they'll play yeah. 10 guys, like not 10 guys, but like eight, nine guys. And then they'll start cutting down from then on. Um, I don't know if we're going to do that, but I suspect our, you know, both teams may try to do that uh, to see if they can if they can get squeeze some juice out of uh, some of those oranges. 
Yeah, I just I think we've kind of passed the point of where Malik Beasley can just be effective. Like I think you we've passed this uh tier of basketball like intensity where I just don't think like he's effective anymore. Um not you know fully calling him an eighty two game player. I'm just I don't think that's effective. Troy, maybe I just think like Lonnie's been so good. Like if you're going to yeah. we already have Lonnie yeah. on the rotation. I, I right? totally and, got Lonnie too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I, I think Lonnie's gonna get a chance, right? Like I mean he had a huge you know second half of that series against the Warriors I, I don't think he's about to just be removed from the rotation again like I think he's going to get a shot to be aggressive and again Denver's another team backs off not a lot of athleticism other than you know Aaron Gordon but a guy that long guys that Lonnie can really attack in transition um and yeah we see in the in the chat here about Tristan Thompson I'm <laughs> fear I'm fearful that Tristan Thompson is going to get a legit shot in this series like I you know, the Darvin Ham quote came out today and said he <laughs> has uh, guys in his back pocket that are ready to be physical. And there's only one guy. I don't think I don't think he was talking about Wendy in there. But my, my, my favorite, let me can I tell you something. My favorite part of that tweet that came out when, when they quoted Darvin, <laughs> my favorite part was people quote tweeting him and going, wait, who is he talking about? Who the Lakers have? It's, I was like, wow, you guys are just going to act like he's not talking about Tristan. Because we know it's not Wendy. Like, Wendy's not that guy. He's more of a wing slant like vando yeah. sort of built guy and so people are like oh maybe he means he's talking about vando defending at the five i was like no we're not playing vando at the five like that's crazy like he's talking about tristan like tristan's <laughs> gonna go there and use up all six of his fouls that's gonna be his job when he when he yeah. hits the floor and so just i'm not saying it's gonna happen but be prepared for it if it does uh I, people said bomba bomba's not even in denver right now <laughs> so i mean even... like so you know what i mean so yeah, I'm, I saw a clip today. I don't remember who shared it of, like, Tristan guarding Jokic when, like, Tristan was on the Celtics. I think that's, like, two two teams removed already from when he was. And, like, like man, that's, that's, not, that's not, you know, that's not applicable to me. Uh, Tristan Thompson won possession on Jokic. So, um, I would, Vinay, like, their backup center is Aaron Gordon. So, they're not playing DeAndre Jordan. I wish they would. Um, and they're not playing Thomas. <laughs> they're not. They're not playing Thomas Bryant. Again, wish they kind of would. Um, but they're just doing Aaron Gordon backup center. Yeah. I think that we have the forwards. I think to like at least mitigate that, right? Like if you have yeah. AD and Jokic matched up, and Darvin Ham doesn't really play the game this way, where he's like, okay, Jokic is out, AD, you're out. It doesn't really do that. It doesn't really yeah. time his minutes with the other team. Um, even though sometimes I think it's would be okay. But like, yeah, he he just does not run the run the lineups that way. So there's gonna be minutes though. I think we're like Ruiz on him, and you're just gonna have to survive those. And I just don't think Tristan is playable though. I just I just can't. I just cannot cannot see a guy who's doing ESPN two months ago come in and defend um, Jokic. They're they're calling him the Dwight. I just think like Dwight was so good that year. Like people forget Dwight he was, was legit. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. He was like for he was like six man of the year stuff. Yeah. Dwight was that year. Like he was legit. Dwight good. Um, Dwight was so good. Dwight was so good that he actually hurt Anthony Davis's defensive player of the year case that season that he played mm, for us. Right. Because what they what this is just an aside. I got I got into a back and forth with the whole Milwaukee fan base on Twitter about this. Like they, they were like, well, look at these advanced statistics. This is why Giannis is the defensive player of the year for this is just for the people who don't know what the argument was. I was just like, yeah, you guys beat the shit out of Detroit, the Detroit Pistons like four games out of the year. So 
That's why your his defensive stats look so good. And he's just like, oh, it's you know, AD has to play against like the Rockets or something like that. So his stats are good too. I was like, yeah, but we have Dwight coming off the bench for us, and he's so good defensively that when AD's off the floor, the drop off wasn't as significant as is, right. as it would be when Giannis left the floor. And so people are like, oh, and then it's, it didn't matter in the end because he wasn't going to win the award. But like, that's how good Dwight was, dude. He was like for for the eighty two games that we used him, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and he was physical as hell. Um, and he got like, you know, not gonna get under Jokic's skin to yeah. say, but I thought like he bothered him enough. Like he made him feel like he was there. Um, Tristan Thompson, I just I can't see it, man. That's just years removed. And even five minutes a game, sure, you want to throw it out there so he gets torched. Fine, Let's just get yeah. it, get it over though with quick. I just I. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll you know eat the crow on that. I just I, I can't see it. I, I would rather just do the winning. I don't. I maybe might get some minutes. I just think like the Rui Lebron is what he's gonna go to. Maybe Le, Rui Lebron Bando played a little bit in Game Six. Maybe like that's where they go. Just be big and sized and forwardy. Sure. Um. During during that uh non AD minutes. So uh, we'll see, man. I I don't think Denver's. I don't think Denver's changing though, Vinay. I think they're keeping to their eight man rotation. I don't think they're extending their rotation. I. In, against Phoenix, I don't think they really did. I think they kept it to their main guys. Again, DeAndre Jordan and Thomas Bryant never yep. got a look in that series. Like, didn't even get a get a look. It just went straight to the Aaron Gordon at center. I think they'll do the do the same thing here. But uh, yeah. yeah, tell me about Tristan, man. Tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> about Tristan Thompson. No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong about him. I think okay. I think um, you know I think if AD gets into foul trouble, we're going to see Tristan. I I, I, oh, I think God. that's really going to be I think that's really going to be what it is because. Because we're basically finding out that Mo Bamba is not going to be playing, like un- unless we like maybe best case scenario if we make the finals. So um, I'm I'm not counting on him being available, and I think Ham may try Wenyin like to give him a chance to do it, but I'm not absolutely positive Wenyin will be effective. But it's really you know like the only way you use Tristan is if there's foul trouble. Um, I don't think yeah. the Lakers are going to do anything drastic like play AD and Tristan together. I think it's just going to be <laughs> you know it's just going to be like. It's also ham just like being ham, dude. Like honestly, like that's just ham's, you know, this is like what makes him a good coach. Like he literally pretends like he's gonna use his 15th guy. And I mean, to some degree, he uses like 11th guy, right? Like Lonnie came off the yeah. bench and, and he did his thing. But it's just like it's I guess it's his way of like, hey, Tristan, we're not gonna play you, but we may play you if something, you know, if 80 gets three thousand yeah. stay ready in in but I, I would expect them to, like, the normal, like, sort of logical set process has been AD gets in foul trouble, they downsize, and they play hella fast. And they'll just start running up and down the floor. They'll gang rebound as a team, and they'll try to force you to have to go smaller. Um, if that doesn't work, you know, they'll try Wenyan at, at the five for a little bit. And it might might be the other way. It might be AD gets in foul trouble, they play Wenyan, then they downsize before they get to the point where they're playing Tristan. So I think a couple things need to happen before that actually happens. I would genuinely, like you, I would be very shocked if Tristan, like, off-rip was getting minutes. I, I just don't see that happening right now at this point. Um, but if they need a goon to go out there and collect six fouls, like, Tristan's going to do it. Like, he, he's good. Wendy's not the type of guy to go out there and do that. No. Like, Tristan's going to be the guy he's going to go and, like, Full court press, you know, Kitch basically, and you know, what I mean, like he's gonna guard him like he's yeah. a cornerback or something like that. So, um, yeah, that that's it's just it's just funny to see that that quote because people are like, "What? 
Like, who are you talking about? <laughs> Can't be bad though. <laughs> so that no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Uh, would you Would you try Wenyan in this? Like, he's been, re- you know, regulate regulated to like out of the rotation for so long. But I, I'm just wondering, like, would that be something you go to? Because Lonnie Walker was a surprise. Like, didn't see that really sure. coming. I mean, I could I could see Wenyan going in too. So. It's that's what's so different about like I think the the clash and styles to me is that like the Lakers are kind of still figuring themselves out. They're like, oh, what works, what doesn't, like what are we, what are we not? Yeah. Denver's kind of like this is our team. Like we we have uh, bits and pieces that we fill in here, Jeff Green, etc. Um, but they kind of know what they are. Like last five minutes of game, they know like it's Jamal Murray, Jokic, two man game. The Lakers are like, oh, we could run it through Austin Reeves, we could run it through right. LeBron, we can like we can like really we can kind of diversify where we go to. And that's why I'm so interested um, where the rotations go. And that's why it will be fun to kind of see where the tacticians do starting tomorrow. Um, but I, I've did that warrior series. I thought Renee gave me a lot more confidence in ham kind of like oh, yeah. with his decisions. You know what I mean? The Memphis series was one thing, but to like go toe to toe, I thought with Steve Kerr and, and match counter with counter. And we discussed a lot of the counters here and seeing it in the games the next day, it was like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's freaking cool like that, yeah. that he you know he did that and made the the uh correct changes so um, yeah, it, it, yeah. And i was i was gonna say like playing in the altitude and stuff like that at least for game one like i wouldn't be surprised if ham does dip into the dip into the rotation mm. just to try and keep guys legs fresh like i know we got a couple of days off but like i mean it, it, it really sometimes too many days off can like uncondition you uh, yeah. as crazy as it sounds sometimes so like you know i, I could see him pulling strings in a certain way to try to keep fresh legs on the floor. Um, for you asked like Wenyan, like why not? Like I saw Thomas Bryant score layups over Jokic. Why can't Wenyan score mm-hmm. layups over Jokic? It's not like Thomas was doing anything. He wasn't bully balling Jokic. All he was doing was moving in, in that open space in the paint, making himself available for drop off passes and then just finishing. Cause there's nobody that's going to block him at the rim. Like Jokic is not a rim protector like that. And I, I could be wrong. He could just all of a sudden turn into like prime Hakeem in the series, but I just haven't seen it in the tape. Like he he hasn't done it in the regular season against us. And I'm watching the Suns series. He's not doing it to them. Like Jock Landale is not getting played off the floor. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like DeAndre Ayton played a terrible series, I would say, for his his own standard. But they still took two games off of you. So it's like, you know, is it is it really what what we think it is? And so you know, I'm. I'm I, I don't see why he couldn't. The real question will be, does the defense hold up, you know, when any yeah. of these guys get played? Um, but look, honestly, if Denver is going to keep going with only, like, really only Bruce Brown as, like, the, the, the guard that gets switched out, like, you know, maybe we will be okay with, like, getting Lonnie's fresh legs out there. Because I, I think having a steady diet of rim attacking on the floor is going to be, like, super, super crucial for this series. Because, and I think... I think you're right. Like Lonnie has to get those minutes because Beasley doesn't attack the rim that way. Troy doesn't attack the rim that way. Um, and and we just we just can't you can't forget how important that is um, for for a team like this. And Lonnie's first step is still great. Like he's got a really yeah. great first step on guys, and so it, it's important to that he keeps playing. Yeah, and he's like he's really good at knowing how to play off of LeBron and we were like he was a really good screener and knowing like okay they're gonna trap here I know where to go open, get open and his catch and shoot three was working in round one he gets to the basket puts the rim pressure my question I guess the next guy is Dennis Schroeder right it was mm-hmm. really good in the first series I'm wondering in this one like I, I think Denver's so big in so many places where like 
I think, you know, he'll do a good job on Javon Murray. And he's a gamer, too. It's like you said about Austin. I think Dennis is also a gamer. We'll kind of figure it out. But I'm interested to see, like, where he fits in. He started, obviously, game six. I don't think both – I don't think – I think both of us agree he's not going to start at least game one. I don't think he's going to yeah, go right, to, right back one. to yeah. – I don't think he starts game one. But I'm interested in that second unit as well. He's another guy that, like, gets to the basket, puts, you know, puts pressure on the rim. Uh, he's also a guy that I can see get swatted by Aaron Gordon a few times because I just know Dennis is going to try him, try those like underhand layups, and Aaron Gordon's going to send that to the third row. Um, where do you see, I guess, in Dennis's role, I guess, in this series? Is it just the beyond Jamal Murray when Vando's not or when Austin's not on him? Or where I think the other guys like MPJ kind of diminish kind of what Dennis does well. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see like what his series is. But what, what do you think about uh, Dennis, I guess, in this series? Yeah, so I, I think defensively he can still he can definitely replicate the stuff that we were getting out of him. Um, yeah, he could, uh, in, in the Warriors series, chasing guys around screens, um, mm. being very aggressive, like defensively, ball pressuring for you know uh, however many feet that he was doing it. If it's not from the inbounds altogether, um, I, you know, offensively his rim attack is very very important, but. Mm. Like he was having trouble finishing at times. Like, um, like his yeah. his three his three balls been kind of up and down. Um, but I wonder if it gets better because of the personnel being different. Like now, like he was having to sometimes make play. Like Russ have to make plays for him, and then he'd have to make plays, and Russ would be the guy, or Pat would be the guy he has to make plays for. But now you sure. have a guy like Austin who's got uber confidence, D'Lo who's not afraid to shoot, um, and and you know other guys that that that'll shoot the ball if, if the opportunity comes their way. Or make a play at least. I wonder if offensively that first step works out in our favor a little bit more, especially against the bench units. Because mm. if it's like a Dennis Wenyon, if it's like a Dennis Wenyon pick and roll action, and Aaron Gordon's the guy who's defending the rim, like I could see the floater working in his favor. I could see him drawing fouls. I could see him kick, you know, doing kickout passes and stuff like that. So it's like it, it's going to come down to how we want to attack the rim. Is it going to yeah. be for the bench unit if it's like LeBron and Rui and we're not playing Wenyon? Is it going to be LeBron in the post setting people up because that's one way of doing it, or is it yeah. going to be getting downhill over and over again because that's what we did in the regular season? Because Russ, Russ and Reeves were coming off the bench for us at that at that time. They were both getting downhill, so you want to replicate what what was working. And frankly, if they're using Aaron Gordon as their backup five, I want to get him. I want him to collect fouls so that he can't even play mm -hmm. with that starting unit in the late game because he's in foul trouble. You know what I mean? Like, don't take the pressure yeah. off of them defensively um, just because it's a different unit that's out there. So I'll, I'll be curious to see. I, I feel like he should have a good offensive game, like against this team. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't know if, if, if how it'll come. Will it be at the rim? Is it the mid range with the, with the jump shot and whatnot? I'll be curious to see. Yeah, I think him hitting jump shots is huge in this series. I think that just it just changes how teams have to defend you. And I that's why I like the Dennis Vando units are really tough because they're two guys the teams don't really guard. But again, in that game six, him hitting a three early, I thought was huge. Huge. Like it, yeah. And like that three guard lineup that we were discussing, D Lo, Dennis, and Austin with LeBron and A D, all those guys can score off the dribble. Like they're all pick and roll guards mm -hmm. that like can run their own action and run it in different ways, right? They're all different, they're all diverse in the way they run actions. And I think that's a really tough way to guard. I worry about it a little bit defensively. But yeah, I think Dennis can get to the floater game. Again, like the defense at the Nuggets are going to play. They're going to try to be back, try to take away AD at the rim. And I kind of want to bend him into this too. Where does AD gets his get his points in this series, right? Like I, 
so AD got a lob, I think, in like a few. He, he gets so few lobs, and people think like, if, like yeah. it feels like AD should get a lot of lobs. He really doesn't. He got one from LeBron and like one from Dennis that I remember from the last series. Not too many. Like he got a few like tip in lobs. I'm talking about like full on. He catches and dunks it with like two hands. Those type of lobs aren't really happening at a, like a very you know at a high rate. Um, where's AD getting his points though in, in this series? Is it one on one against Jokic? Is it isolation scoring? I don't think they want to send to against him right away i think they're gonna try to see if Jokic can just be big and like try to deter him but ad's in such a rhythm right now yeah. um that like when he's going he's he's in a full uh full rhythm where he's like his jump shots going his step back is kind of is, is starting to hit the little little jump hooks are starting to hit so where do you think like he, he's getting his scoring is it pick and roll is it post-ups or like kind of a variation i guess uh, of those kind of things yeah i i think it's just rim running like i i could mm. definitely see him like just again, because Jokic is not the rim defender. Like he's not fleet-footed. Yeah. He's not a, the type of guy. Like I could very easily see him catching pocket passes from from his teammates, and you know just sidestepping Jokic and, and taking layups at the rim, or getting those floaters uncontested basically. Because Jokic isn't going to jump. Like Jokic get like six inches off the ground really when he jumps. But he's a, he's a big dude, obviously. So it's just like I. I his, his mobility, his agility, which is what Draymond tried to take away when they moved him to center into the starting position, that should be to his advantage against Jokic. So I don't think he yeah. has to score off of offensive putbacks and, you know, like uh, the, the like he can certainly do it off the wide pin downs and stuff like that, like you were describing. But, like, he should be able to do it off of basic pick-and-roll action. I mean, that's how Thomas was scoring in the regular season. Yeah. Like it was either a guard getting a shot at the rim, or it was one of our bigs getting a dump off pass, and they should just run that nonstop until Jokic starts having to commit because that's that's the game of attrition we have to play. Also, Jokic has to defend. Like we can't allow mm -hmm. him to sit and drop or semi drop whatever it's going to be, and and just be okay with it. And you know, I I, I think you know the the other aspect is like Anthony Davis is also firmly aware that this is like a, the defending MVP for the past mm. few seasons. So I think like he gets up for these kind of matchups. So like, yeah. I, I want to give him the ball in space because he's going to be afforded that space. I don't think, like you said earlier, like I don't think they're going to come out right and double team him from the jump. I think they'll play him straight up with Jokic and take their chances. Um, even the play that he made in the bubble, that three that he hit in the bubble to win that game or the two or whatever that he hit, like Jokic was nowhere near him. Like they didn't respect him as a scorer or a jump shooter even though he was having a great jump shooting playoffs, they didn't respect him for that shot. And, you know, he made, he made the shot obviously. Um, and that's, he's immortalized in Laker lore because of it. But why, what makes you think that they would do it differently? Like what in the tape against the Warriors makes people think that they mm. would just like double team out. Like did the Warriors double team 80 outright? At any no. Point? no. And so why would, why would the, why would the Nuggets do it? So I think, I think you just keep feeding him. Just keep running that yeah. pick and roll and, and let him let him find his way. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I remember so when the Lakers used to play like Utah, right? AD would go nuts against Gobert. Like he would yeah. just absolutely lose his mind. Um, because I think that's a matchup. He's like, are you serious right now? That dude just won Defensive yeah. Player of the Year over me yeah. like every time. And and uh, yeah, look, I think this is the battle of the best big man. No disrespected Joel Embiid it was just. I think went out sad as the kids say these days but like yeah i thought like you know, forget is... no okay you can say that but i'll say all disrespect to joel and beat because dude like it's just i mean we don't have to talk about the sixers but it's like bro what are you doing like oh, you're God. going up and like it's it's not acceptable to be he's way too good 
Joel Embiid is way too talented, talented to be that inconsistent as a player on the offensive end. All right. Yeah. Like, I get it if you're not gonna play defense, but you can't not after not after the the politicking that we did all season <laughs> for that MVP, dude. It's just yeah. Al Horford okay. just one on one, let him just yeah, like it's like a punked him. Yeah, I don't know. In multi- multiple games, blocked it, blocked his shots and all that. But no, with AD, I think it's interesting. I think that matchup is so huge. Both of them can't be in foul trouble, right? Jokic and AD are the pillars of their teams right now in terms of like what they run on. Absolutely. Um, and both of them can't be in foul trouble. That is like the series right there. If one of the that's a game right there. Whoever's in foul trouble. So I'm interested. AD's aggression. I think Draymond. Draymond. Uh, I'm not saying like he stopped AD, but he definitely deterred like shots from man. I think sure. it, Draymond does a nice job of getting under you in a way that like makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Like that we don't see, right? Like, yeah, you're bigger than him, which I think is still a valid, you know, reasoning, but there's stuff that Draymond does that makes it tough. Kevon Looney's really big, right? And, and the Warriors kind of shade over. I'm just how the Nuggets kind of play this. The AD's been really good at going quick and attacking at the basket. I think he's in a different mode offensively than he's been in a while. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that if that stays but yeah that that matchup there um whether the lakers let i think the lakers are going to try to do the same thing on the other end as well if Jokic is on ad try to let it single coverage and see if you can stop him and we'll see if the nuggets do the same ad obviously the better defensive player Jokic, i think has the edge on offense he does have the edge on offense so um yeah i'm i'm, I'm so fascinated by this series but you're right this is a uh i don't think i could you could sugarcoat like this is battle for best big man like i yeah, know Jokic has the, has the back-to-back mvps but that is out of the window during a one-on-one competition like this is um this is battle of like who has the best big man title and uh i think ad can can definitely put his name in the hat with a win yeah so sh- so on the on the youtube chat um shell mm. uh, has has a question here you know like do we see ad having to carry mm. an offensive and defensive load and so i think that i think I don't think he has to carry the offensive load. And yeah. I think the defensive load that he has to carry is very different from the defensive load that he had to carry against the Warriors. I think his sure. defensive load has to be, it's it's Jokic. Like, he, it's very centralized. This is the guy that you have to guard. Whereas against the Warriors, it's they have this freaking system <laughs> that we need you to cut, you know, these two, three things that they like to do. We need you to, mm-hmm. we need you to do it. And I think... Um, I think the fact that it's a little more focused on one player defensively for him will allow his offensive load to be easier. Uh, he, he, he will have some energy. He'll have some legs to be successful because, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just the way that the, the warrior system is versus how, how Denver likes to play. It's not one is easier than the other. They're, they're just difficult in their own sense because Jokic is a MVP caliber, you know, passer, yeah. player, offensive guy. Um, but in terms of like mental capacity, like I need to accommodate for three different things on one defensive possession versus I just need to stop Jokic or get the ball out of his hands and then go box out. You know, that's much, much easier compared to to the Warriors. Yeah, it feels more traditional, right? It feels like more of a tra- – not that, again, I think Denver's better than the Warriors. Uh, that's not what that means. I just mean like the Warriors yeah. are so unorthodox. They're so different. They're so unique. They're a unicorn in the way they play. It just, again, the fear of God when Steph or Clay come off these screens, it's – it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure on your on your big to come out, go back, hedge, recover. Like all that stuff is really tough. Um, and I'm not saying Denver's gonna be easy. They're a freaking really good home team. Uh, I think we played three teams this playoffs, but hey, that's the best three home records, I believe. Yeah. Maybe other than Milwaukee, but 
I'm pretty sure that th- three teams we're playing have the best home records um, in the league, and it's going to be another tough place to play. But I do think this feels more traditional. This feels more like a LeBron can dissect you by games like I, by game four. You know, that type of stuff where he really can hone in, and I think, you know, uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Denver's legit. They've built a nice, you know, nice roster. They have they built, like, the perfect complement, I think, the Jokic that you could um, so this will be a bloodbath, but uh, I'm, I'm fascinated. And I think we have a really good shot, man, which is who insane to say after what we've been through. But um, we have a shot to go to the finals, man. We have a shot yeah. to go to the freaking NBA finals. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, four wins and we're in the finals. And this is, this is, this is not a real storyline, not a serious storyline, but there is a little bit of revenge series here for Jared Vanderbilt because he was originally drafted by Denver. Didn't get very many minutes mm. um, for the first two seasons that he was there. Um, you know, very limited. He didn't start any games, very limited, and he ended up getting traded to Minnesota where he just kind of exploded as a player. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it actually – if that's a chip that he has on his shoulder. He seems like kind of a cool guy, so I just maybe it doesn't bother him at all. But, like, you know, maybe there's something there. Like, I'm watching Bruce Brown play against the Phoenix Suns, and he's playing like <laughs> his life is – like I said, like his life is on the line. He's talking trash to KD because they were teammates back with the Nets, and you know, obviously Brooklyn, he mm-hmm. loved the Nets. And you know, um, you know, TJ Warren's on the other side too. He was also with the Nets at, at one point. So it's yeah. like you see, you know, you never know for a role player they carry those kind of feelings and stuff like that when it comes to it. Um, Jared may, Jared may not. Who knows? But like, it'll it'll be very interesting. You know, I I, I think. Um, yeah, and I think somebody just said Waver Acer <laughs> said this is the Thomas Bryant revenge shirt. Yeah. He's not getting he's not getting minutes. So Malik I don't, Beasley I, revenged on Denver? Malik, no, I don't Malik. think Malik Beasley should be happy with Denver. They gave him a really nice deal. Yeah. He's still, he's still yeah, we, him, so. we have a couple of yeah, Malik's another guy that we had that, that used to play with Denver. Um he, he actually got minutes and whatnot. KCP Revenge series, I don't think it works if you win a championship with us. Like we did like <laughs> it's not like we like three through you to the wayside, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so I, th- I don't think KCP has ill feelings. I will hope that they put KCP's quote on the bulletin board before the game. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. The, like the, they would have beat us. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Without 80s three, without 80s, I was just like, all right, mm, <laughs> we could go a little bit too far to get this. He, he was, he was in the middle of a contract. If I remember correctly, he was in the middle of a contract oh. extension negotiation and then okay. he said that quote, and then like, I'm pro- I'm probably I'm I'm messing around. I'm probably making it up, but like I could swear that he signed his contract extension like weeks later with Denver afterwards. And I was just like, this guy, dude, like Rich Paul's <laughs> Rich Paul's got his clients trained, man. They know exactly oh, what to say uh, to to get what they need to get. So um, yeah, if you, I'm, it's funny that nobody's like you would think that like the, the dramatic like the same way there's dramatics against the Warriors series. You think there'd be like dramatics yeah. with this series, but there's actually none. Everybody's just like. Yeah, Lakers Warriors, or sorry, Lakers Nuggets. They're gonna play each other yeah. Tuesday. We'll see you then. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess like, this is it's a big deal to me. This no is evil, like, no evil storylines like Jokic yeah. and AD. Just pure respect on the other end. Yeah, Jamal Murray used to like really be a thorn. You remember that? Like with yeah. the Lonzo Ball days, Jamal Murray would used to be like a real hated thorn. Like he'd come to LA and get booed relentlessly. That's kind of died down, and I expect Jamal Murray to do some. He's a very uh. He's a very expressive basketball player. So like when he's For playing sure. well, he'll he'll make sure to let you know it. And I'm sure there will be some back and forth there. But yeah, it feels like some really respectful series. He's a rebel save, Vinay. 
I think LeBron can smell it. You know what I mean? Like you can smell you think, like you think, the finals. You think Game Six is like him? Like, all right, all right. Like, I mean, like, like so. I, this was my worry in round one. I'm like, man, so far, like how, like yeah. how much can LeBron give? But we're so close. And like his last conference finals that he lost was 2010 to um, the Orlando Magic, right? Uh, with like Mo Williams as the second best player, which is yeah. crazy. The expectations on that team, but uh, when you think back on it, but or was it someone else? Was it Antoine Jameson? I don't remember. Uh, okay. But uh, well, that was a series where Hado, where they exchanged game winners, right? Like Hado Turkoglu hit a game winner. Yes, yes, and then yes. LeBron hit yes, a game yes. winner. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was the last time he lost in a conference finals. But I just like I know this is narrative driven. This isn't basketball, but like I think oh, it is kind of basketball. I think LeBron can smell it, man. Like you can feel it. You're this close, like you're eight wins away. He just has to put his body through eight more yeah. wins. Like I, I'm sure that's the way he thinks about it. And like, I need eight wins. You know what I mean? Like, how do I, how do I maneuver my body to get eight more wins? And that's super close, man. That's absurd. That's not like eight wins to get to the play-in, which was a real situation that we were in. At one point, <laughs> like, yeah, we were like, you gotta get, you gotta go like eight and one to make the playing game. And now it's like, you have two teams left, and. The number yeah. one seed Milwaukee Bucks are gone, right? Like those are that's by the wayside. You're playing the one seed in the West now, the Denver Nuggets, um, and then you have a Boston and Miami team on the other end, who two teams have kind of been up and like not trying to look ahead here. It's just like just LeBron's mentality to me must be like, I'm like right there. Like if yeah. I can like if I can get if I can dip into my tank one more time and just pull out whatever's left, yeah. I think we should be good. Yeah, and, and the trend has been the Lakers winning game one. You know, Memphis, yeah. they win against Memphis. They win against the Warriors. So if the trend stays consistent, you know, they might be super serious and try to steal game one before, um, you know, Denver can make any adjustments. Um, and if you're a superstitious person, like you'll think back <laughs> to the bubble, like we were dropping every game one, we would lose every game one yeah. um, uh, of every series um, on the way to the finals. And so... You know, if the trend, if you believe in all that stuff, I, I'm superstitious to some degree. Like, I think, like, um, you know, I, I think they they have a decent shot at, at taking game one just because the opposing team may not know how they're going to approach it. So if the Lakers can go out and really put a stamp on their game plan and be locked in defensively, they could seal uh, a game one. Um, and then as soon as that happens, you've already taken, like, that's the, yeah. you've already hit them with the first haymaker. So now they're they're playing catch up because they've lost home court. So I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a question in the chat, you know, do we need to win two on the road to win this series? I, I don't know. Like they may be able to get away with just taking one road game and then taking care of their home games. Cause we've been phenomenal at home. Our role players have played really well at home. And I think Denver's role players are kind of up and down uh, on the road too, as well. So it, it'll be very interesting to see just kind of how things shake out and, whether it's the same guys that step up, if it's like Austin and Dennis and Lonnie, or if it's somebody completely new that steps up because yeah, they're locked it in. So it'd be interesting to see. And so like to me in a playoff road game, I have a few, like you have to take the crowd out of it early. Oh, in my absolutely. opinion, like that's what makes the Sixers Celtics so sad. Like they were a perfect start. They were up like double digits early, had a great start and then just fumbled it all because uh, Embiid and Harden forgot they were in the playoffs. But like, like to me, like I was, we went back and watched game one of our Warriors series, and I forgot, like the Warriors went up like 12 3 or something. Like they yeah. banged in like three threes right away, and then like the composure to come back. But we've been like Memphis game one, Warriors game one. We were up like double digits early on in those yeah. games, and I think that's important. Jump on them early, get the belief, um, get that belief down. And I think it, the pressure's on them 
like game one like that in, in my opinion the home team has the yeah. pressure in that first game that's why you know you saw it even in the philly celtic series you know james harden goes in there without Embiid and wins game one and like to me like game ones is where like that's a lot of pressure on the home team to keep that home court that you fought so um, valiantly for all regular season so there's a chance man you go in there aggressive i think ad and lebron are going to take that one very serious four days off is the most rest they're going to get yeah. until this series ends where it's you know now it's every other day but um yeah you got to take advantage of the rest uh the rest advantage that you have until until that comes in and uh start well start with a game one win and then that can lead you on the script that you've been we've been following so yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it works out you know we, there, there's tons of other stuff that we didn't we didn't cover but we're going to cover game to game like how yeah. we fare in the non-Jokic minutes, how we fare in the non-80 minutes and what needs to happen. But once we get game one out there, we'll have a good idea of what, what both teams like to do and where we can adjust uh, and start predicting stuff out. So before we go, we'll do our series predictions. I'm going to go with Lakers in six again. Um, yeah. I don't know where the road win is going to come from. I, it could come in mm. game one like it has a previous series. Or it could come. I could definitely also see it coming in a game five situation if they kind of, you know, I could see a situation where both home teams win um, their first, you know, they, they just go two two, and then that mm. game five ends up being like the big pivotal game uh, that, that ends up being the case. But you know, the Lakers have been taking game ones. So who knows? Maybe that's, they're, they're just trying to pounce early so we can figure it out. And no shell, there is no Corgi to my, to my understanding when it comes to, I would like to not have to post uh, <laughs> Corgi's getting anchorman. kicked out. From, yeah. Anchorman memes of <laughs> dogs getting kicked. I'm about to find another one. If that Corgi oh, shows man. up again, but um, well, what are your thoughts? What do you think about this series? Probably that. Did you see like I think Cooper tweeted like there were people within the Lakers organization that were aware of the Corgi and Corgi <laughs> and was like, like man, this thing has gotten out of control. Um, <laughs> that Corgi was even wrong on some. Like it picked the Knicks to beat the Heat. Like just picked specific you know matchups and like Warrior fans were really basing their stuff up that they're like, yeah, look, Corgi said. 3-1 and then they're gonna come back so um no thank god that that's over uh no i i, I had the same uh, i picked you know lakers in seven in the last round i'll pick lakers in six in this round i do think they'll get uh one of these first two games i also think it's necessary to win the series i to me 2-0 trying to come back but that's a huge deficit to work yeah. out of to me that's a lot um to like have to put your legs through to where you have to you're in like do or die every game because you can't let the team get the third win right that's kind of the uh the bar yeah. for a series so i think it has to at least be one one going back to la and then lakers have not lost a home game this playoffs there's yeah. been a few close calls but uh this crowd has just been absurd at, at a crypto and hopefully that continues and yeah i think they have a really good shot man i'd like i even phoenix like they had some close calls in denver there are a few games that were like close over there so give me some hope and uh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow yeah, so it'll be Phoenix was you know I think Booker had to go a little crazy for them to keep one of those road games closed for Phoenix um, mm -hmm. before they let go of the rope. And I think Lakers are just way more balanced of a team uh, in terms of all aroundness, um, where they can rely on their role players and one of their role players can explode, Rui or Austin or D'Lo. Somebody can can get super hot and, and win you a game. So it'll be interesting to see. You have Lakers in six. I have Lakers in six. So Raj, we have a game tomorrow. It's an early yes. game for the folks that are listening. It's 530. It's not a 7 p.m. game. So I'm sure the East Coasters are very happy that they can go to sleep at a normal hour because it is hell <laughs> to watch Laker games 
on the East Coast, sure. Eastern time, Eastern time. Uh, but as always, we want to thank the folks that are in the spaces and on the live stream, yes. submitting questions, sharing, liking, retweeting, subscribing, whatever you do. If you listen to this on the podcast, leave a rating. That also helps out. I don't know how it does, but they tell us it does. So it's always <laughs> nice if you can leave a rating there too as well. Um, and we appreciate you guys giving us, you know, an hour and a half of your evening to just kind of, you know, uh, talk about Lakers basketball and, and do this preview. Um, so we'll figure out what our schedule is for the next one after game one. Hopefully Lakers are able to steal one. Um, yeah. If not, we'll just discuss adjustments and, and we'll get it yep. on the calendar and share it uh, with the rest of the timeline. So you can follow Raj, you can follow me, you can follow the Lakers detailed account. Um, and if nothing else, we'll see you guys in the next one. Take it easy. Peace.